State Senator Brent Taylor joining the program. Good morning, Mr. Taylor. How are you? Ben, good morning. How are you? I, I'm well. So you were there. Take us there and your takeaway from Governor Lee's address last night. Excuse me. Well, um, I was sitting with uh, Representative John Gillespie during the entire State of the State address. And um, I, I must say, I thought the governor did a really, really good job. He outlined exactly what he would like to try to accomplish in this legislative session. Um, and I was listening with a very keen ear um, regarding crime, uh, because as we know, crime is the main issue in Shelby County. And so I was glad to hear that he is um, is proposing $30 million to uh, go to the Tennessee Law Enforcement Hiring, uh, Training, and Recruitment Program so that we can try to uh, recruit and, and hire and train and retain good quality police officers, unlike what we have seen in recent uh, weeks in Memphis. And then a $50 million expansion of the Violent Crime Intervention Fund, which is a fund that nearly 80% of all the police departments across the state use to help fund a lot of their innovative crime-fighting uh, approaches. So uh, I was really looking forward to, uh, to to diving into those issues. And then lastly, um, he uh, had indicated he wants to hire 25 new forensic lab positions so that we can uh, once and for all try to deal with this backlog of sexual assault kits uh, that has been plaguing our state for a number of years now. Yeah, I encourage to hear that $30 million going to hiring practices in this state. We certainly could use that. I know you mentioned John Gillespie, your colleague. I know you guys have been working on other legislation as well that could potentially help, again, extend the truth and sentencing legislation that was passed a little while ago, but make it even stronger, tougher to crack down on repeat offenders, especially those in the juvenile bracket. Absolutely. John and I, anytime we uh, come across one another uh, here in Nashville, that is always the topic. Our two bills that we are currently working on together, one is the aggravated uh, to add aggravated assault to the truth and sentencing law that was passed last year. As you know, much of the aggravated assault, um, or a lot of the crime rather in Shelby County is aggravated assault. And, uh, currently you could, you could commit aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and still be eligible for, eligible for probation. And so we want to clue, close that loophole in truth and sentencing so that, uh, for an example, these guys that are running around on the interstate shooting at cars, uh, that we can uh, put them in jail and they'll stay in jail. Uh, the other thing which I think will be a huge benefit to Shelby County in our uh, quest to, to fight crime is blended sentencing. And what do I mean by blended sentencing? Most of the crime in Shelby County is, is being driven by juveniles committing uh, most of the violent crime. And under our legislation that he and I are carrying, a juvenile will actually be given two sentences at conviction for a violent offense. They'll be given a juvenile sentence to serve, but then they will also be given an adult sentence in, in tandem so that once they hit that 19th birthday, instead of being released with an expunged record, they'll actually serve time in adult prison. Now, there are some nuances to it where they can avoid adult prison if they um, hit certain rehabilitation benchmarks. But the great thing is that as an adult, even if they avoid adult prison, 
as they go into adulthood, that sentence is always hanging over them. And if they recommit, uh, then they immediately go to prison to begin serving their, their prison sentence while they await trial for the second offense. Uh, so we're having a lot of conversations with the speakers uh, to try to make sure that, that this is part of uh, what we're able to get out of the legislature this year. I saw some audio, listened, and watched some video. Excuse me. Uh, one of your colleagues, uh, Representative Justin Jones, walking out of the state of the state address. I'm not sure if you saw that with uh, some brave Tennesseans, as he's calling them. As they say, the governor's racist fear-mongering and attacks on reproductive justice. Um, they said the biggest threat from the governor and the supermajority held by the GOP in Tennessee is, in their words, white supremacy. Is that the biggest threat facing Tennesseans right now? Uh, no. Look, Justin Jones uh, has spent the last several years being arrested for trying to get into the legislature. Uh, he had been banned from the Capitol for throwing uh, hot coffee on uh, legislators as they were getting off a, a, an elevator. And so he had been banned from the Capitol. He um, has done everything he could to try to get into the Capitol. I find it very, very interesting that once he finally gets elected, the first thing he does at a state of a state is walk out of the, the chamber. Um, look, Governor Lee... Um, there, there are things that we can criticize Governor Lee for, um, but this is not one of them. Uh, he has conducted himself in a very civil uh, way. He is, he's actually encouraged other lawmakers to act in a way that would make Tennesseans proud. And look, we can disagree with Governor Lee. Justin Jones can disagree with Governor Lee, um, but there's a time and place to do that. And uh, the state of the state address is not the time to do that. That is the governor's time to communicate to the legislature uh, through our various hearings and votes and floor sessions. We get an opportunity to comment on what the governor has said. And so it's unfortunate that uh, that Justin Jones behaved the way he did. I, I've, I've run into to Representative Jones several times um up here in nashville and he is really proud of the fact that he is uh one of the youngest members and he acted like that last night when he stormed out of the chamber uh, because he acted very immaturely ah, a lot of theater and watch yourself mr taylor don't get yourself boiled by some hot coffee uh, all right so <laughs> um wanted to ask you real quick about <clears throat> excuse me senate bill three the GOP legislation that would criminalize some of these drag show performances in public places and, of course, in front of children. The Senate, as I understand, um, Senator, is expected to vote Thursday on that legislation. From talking to your colleagues, do you see that going through and getting signed by the governor? I do see it um, being passed out of the Senate and the House, and I suspect the governor will sign that. Uh, that came through uh, my committee, the uh, Judiciary Committee. And um, if you remember, Ben, when uh, there was a drag show planned at uh, Pink the Palace. Pink Palace yeah. or Mosh, as they call it now, uh, I was a candidate then. And I, I said if I was elected to the Senate, I would do what I could to ensure that that never happened again. And I'm glad to follow through on that campaign promise. I voted for it in committee, plan to do so again. 
um, on the uh, the Senate floor. And all that bill does is it does not ban drag shows. It just says that that type of uh, entertainment either has to be done in, a, in an adult entertainment venue or if it is done in a private venue like a restaurant or a privately owned bar uh, that you have to check IDs at, at the door. Uh, they can they can continue to have their drag shows. They just can't do it in the presence of children. And I think that is the appropriate um, way to handle this. I wanted to get your response before I let you go, uh, Mr. Taylor. We had a couple of our listeners ask us about Senate Bill 160, about campaigns and campaign finance legislation. Now, the accusation there is that somehow it would censor different groups, including religious organizations, if names are not disclosed within different PACs. I wanted to get your response to that, those accusations in that bill. Sure, and I appreciate the opportunity to kind of clear up some misconceptions about that bill. That that bill does not censor anyone. Um, what that bill is intended to do is the gridlock in Washington, D.C. is real. Uh, nothing gets done up there. And so as a result, a lot of the, the groups, uh, the CRT national groups, a lot of the woke organizations, the Confucius Institute, a lot of the George Soros um, uh, organizations, they have now, instead of trying to get anything done through Congress, they have, have turned their eye now to the various state legislatures and trying to enact that, uh, influence the elections there so that they can get their policies enacted on a state-by-state basis. So, the, uh, as a matter of fact, in Shelby County, we had nearly a million dollars of dark money pour into our Shelby County elections last year with uh, the race for uh, district uh, district attorney and juvenile court judge. And, um, I mean, it was to the tune of eight dollars $900,000 of dark money. No one knows where that money came from. Mm. So uh, Senate Bill 160 is designed to, to try to get those national organizations, those out-of-state organizations that come to Tennessee to try to influence our elections with their dark money that they have to disclose where that money comes from. Now, it is an imperfect bill, and there are some issues with it. It, it, it has cast too wide a net, and one of the unintended consequences of the way it is written is that it would capture some in-state organizations that it wouldn't censor them, but it would require them to, to make some burdensome disclosures that uh, that were they were not the intended target of the bill. So, I've talked to the the chairman of the committee. He's pulling the bill this week. They're going to redraft that language to try to more narrowly focus it on those out-of-state groups that are dumping dark money into uh, Shelby County, uh, while at the same time not interfering with Tennesseans' right to engage in the political process. Rest assured that I will fight every day I'm in the state Senate to ensure that we protect our conservative voices and our conservative values. And um, and I think this bill will be a step in that direction once we correct some of the issues that, are, that currently exist in its, in its current form. State Senator Brent Taylor joining the program this morning. Appreciate him clarifying that bill as well as breaking down what's happening at the General Assembly every single day. And also the key sponsor of the Lincoln Day dinner coming up this weekend. Looking forward to seeing you, sir. I look forward to it as well, Ben. Thank you.